0: On today's episode of It's Just Money, we have part two of our college football preview we are super excited to bring to you. It includes everything you need to know to have the best year betting on the SEC and the Big 12, along with our conference title point game. We're super excited to have you here with us. But before we get to that, we need to talk to you about the Vigit app. Vigit is the number one sports betting social media app in the entire world. It is a wager-free betting app which you can win great prizes such as amazon gift cards when you get in the app and download it use the code it's just money for a thousand free coins to have the best time in the world from then on listen to our picks place them now let's go
1: is that i never ask
0: my clients to judge me
1: on my winners i ask them to judge me on my losers because i have so few
2: what's up bitches tell them to bring me my money
0: Okay, we're back. It is the It's Just Money podcast presented by Vigit. Episode two, part two of our college football preview. Tonight we cover the other conferences, which we did not cover in part one. So if you haven't listened to part one, go do it because you missed three of the five power five conferences. Tonight's the SEC and the Big 12. We're going to talk mock headlines, teams we want our schools to schedule, the transfer portal, especially in the quarterback realm and all the changes that happened over college football this year. Then we're going to talk the conferences and do our conference point game. So we are very excited to be back. The boys are all here. Reese is back with us. He's feeling better after his miss of a podcast last week um, due to his COVID shot. However, let's talk to him. Let's go Jake first this week. Jake, how are we doing?
1: Um, good. I thought you were going to go Reese there for a second after uh, consoling him on this. Oh. I like. I like to keep you guys on your toes. Up, <laughs> yeah, you, you guys yeah, keeping us on our toes. No, nah, I'm good. I think that this is going to be a really fun episode. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, I
3: think you're just excited because it's the Big Twelve, and you weren't this pump no, pump. no, 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 no.
1: Actually, we're talking about my three probably most interesting conferences. Honestly, last week I could give. Oh, I girl. don't give that much of a shit about like the ACC. I feel like the Big Twelve
4: is going to be a conference that we really attention don't to care. this year.
1: I think we got Homer. We got Sunbelt, we got SEC, the powerhouse in the SEC, and we of the course. Sun Belt. We got, so those are really my three favorites.
3: So yeah, I, I'm just excited all around for it.
0: What a Homer. JP,
3: how are we doing? Doing well. Can't complain. I uh, had a hell of a week, you know, planned out and plotted out and then I had some tough news I had to take in today. I had I was going to a concert on Thursday and then Found out that it was canceled, and so that hit me pretty good. I no, about I yeah, that. Yeah. Was, why was it canceled? Because he's a Canadian, and you can't – there's travel restrictions right now. And so he can't come into the States. Or Wait, who's Canadian? Coulter Wall, country music artist. And so I was going to that, and then he, that happened. And then we were scrambling. I was pissed off because that Thursday, Friday, i have to go to it. And then we found out Zach Bryan's coming in, who's good. But I would rather sing Coulter Wall, but we're gonna go anyway and enjoy the hell out of it. So, why don't you go see like DeBaebe? Is that fun to me? <laughs> I don't, I, I be don't be enjoy like Mosh Pit concerts where you're just side by side and nowhere to go, and nah, it just doesn't sound. Funny.
4: Are there any other country artists that are like Canadian? Because I honestly figured they were just all so American. You ever heard of
3: one Shania Twain? She's Canadian. Keith Keith Urban's Australian. We say Canadian, not Australian.
4: Oh, I a, okay. Mean, we'll show not American then. Yeah, I was, I, that's what I yeah. thought he meant. Billy
0: Ray Cyrus is a bitch. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, why did, uh, speaking of concerts, have you guys seen the videos, just really quick, the videos of like, people at like Lollapalooza Palooza and, and like festivals like that, like on top of each other, like the like, camp. That, that's
3: what,
4: that's what I envisioned maybe or any rap concert to be like, <laughs> no, it's, it's not. Does not sound. Fun. Did you see that Jack Harlow video where he's coming out to, uh, I don't even know. I think it's... he's gay. No, I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> you idiot at Lala, I don't know what song I think it was, Ch- I don't know. I don't think it was Tyler Hill. yeah I was playing that was kind of a sit. that was kind of cool so Tyler scene. Hero came out to it yeah that was Yeah that he was just cool. bob and walked out that's kind of that was pretty cool thing like like that that kind of scene I think would be cool but yeah you are going to be like after you know
3: but load the people does not interest
0: me in one location where like that just doesn't interest me There's also a panorama going on so you got to be safe out there Um Get okay. your vaccines people Yeah who who said that Oh that was Reese. Reese, how we Reese. Do-
4: I'm good. I'm happy to be back. Um, sorry, I no, missed no, last no, week. Sure. You know, the whole vaccine, uh, that thing didn't make you feel good for a little bit, but I'm back. T-shirt. Oh, got, we new, got new gear. Uh, Seattle Kraken officially kind of roped in for the season here. So, Sherry keeps calling me a bandwagon, but we'll see what happens when uh, season go comes t-shirt. around. Uh,
0: I'm caught
4: that reference. That's
0: kinda to be us. Nice. It's, it's a good shirt. I love it. Um, okay. Let's jump into it because we got a lot to get to tonight. Um, Let's start. There was talks from from somebody at The Athletic. It was two different people came out and said that the Pac-12, the Big Ten, and the ACC are talking about forming an alliance, which could change a lot of scheduling in the future, revenue streams, and different things. Obviously, those people have remained anonymous because they are not supposed to be talking about it. What do we think of this? Do we think that this is a good idea for where the sport's going with Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC, or what do we think?
3: Yeah, I think it's it's a pretty much one of those situations to me where it's like when you're like a little kid and like, you know, like the kid that uh, super popular gets whatever is want from his parents, like the SEC, and then like you and a couple of buddies like keep secrets and like try to like scheme behind his back to like win over the playground or like get the first pick of dodgeball or some dumb shit like that. But like, honestly, to me, like Alliance, I don't even know what the word is that they're what would they become an alliance like would they just have deals with tv rights would they just have gaming oh, like, i
1: think it's just kind of a thing to like make sure that they're not going to let the sec take
3: everybody from their conferences it's kind of the assumption that i they're making I, a pact yeah, yeah exactly like a pact like a little middle school pact like but look, to me like what
4: hey if you go down but, i go down man
3: What is? the conferences aren't going to be the ones they need to worry about. It's the teams within it. So if anybody needs to be in talks, it needs to be every school president, not
4: the heads of these conferences. Well, maybe do that's like party. why they're making the pact to make sure like, if you can handle your own conference, then you can Nobody make sure you had your own conference.
0: conference. I mean, that I mean that's what the,
4: maybe that's what they're trying to do though. Like they're trying to make sure you can handle your own conference to like, let somebody nah. leave. I don't
3: know. I just don't know how much it's going to do. Like, are you going to like Alliance to play each other more? We already have games like that every year. Like, conferences play conferences every year like that's not going to change
0: you know right I mean? but you get if, if this deal happens then you run into games that are huge in the beginning of the season like you get a usc clemson nebraska colorado could be an every year thing so i i think this is probably a good direction to go for college okay. football just to kind of keep the sanction of it like the, the tradition
3: yeah. hey i get that but there's games like that already and then if you add those games then what happens to all the, you know, the buy games? You know, when the Mac comes to the Big Ten or the Pac-12 hosts the Mountain or the... Okay, Society, well, I, stuff. I don't see why this, these, these games are a bad idea. I think it'd be because beneficial not, for but the like, I'm saying, like, there's a lot of repercussions to what they're doing. Like, buy games are feed small schools. That's how they have these programs. That's, like, how the Mac is a thing. That's how, like, the Sunbelt gets a lot of money from all those things. Like, you remember the video... Of North Carolina A&T, I love it, them to bring which, me my money. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Like,
1: I don't think, like, I don't think they're gonna completely erase those schools. The FCS schools might get taken away from this, but these, get, it's gonna be like in basketball when they have like the Big Twelve SEC challenge every year. Like, you're gonna get one game, but you still have two, three other non-conference games that'll fill in. You know, uh, Clemson can host a Mountain West team and a MAC team to pay them. I don't think they're going to get left out to dry if
3: this happens. I think that this was—it's going to—it's going to leave them out to dry more than you think, though. Like even a little bit. Like it's gonna, I mean,
1: wh- okay. So what would they rather have? I mean, this yeah. alliance, or would they have rather have the super conferences where they're really—they well, don't
3: have much say in anything. So I think either way, they're going to get you know kind of messed up and hurt. On I
1: think I think that you know when they came out and like they said this, and the Big Twelve was not a part of this, I thought at first it was a little concerning. But the positive side of me says I think that this alliance is going to be a good thing because it prevents that two league or that two super conference league from ever happening. And I think that they're going to keep teams like uh, the Big 12 and the Big 12 alive. I think that some of the smaller schools in those bigger conferences will stay alive by, you know, you know, the Rutgers of the world, the Maryland's, the, you know, Colorado's and stuff like that. I think that this is a good thing in general. I think that the big 12 could still dismantle, but at the same time, I think that they're in a better chance of joining a big 10, a Pac 12 and keeping those conferences alive. So we have four decently even uh, conferences, which is better than what we were going towards without this alliance.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's, they're trying something. They're in desperation mode a little bit. It's like, they got to do something. I just don't know if this Specifically, is the answer. I guess if more details come out or it's more true or they have like a laid out plan that comes to and then we see it that way, maybe then we find out. But I, I have a thought today and I don't know, this kind of was just running through my head. And so we were talking about like the money and how money controls college football. Like it's all about the money. That's why Oklahoma and Kansas or Oklahoma and Texas, sorry, they're basically Kansas now, they're terrible, but are going to the SEC. Like, casual fans of the sport, right, that will tune in every once in a while. Like, they don't really, you know, care that much. They don't really bet on it. They don't really watch it. If it's on, it's on. They're like the kids that go to, like, the big universities and, oh, who are we playing today? They're like, oh, they might know. They might not. But, like, they'll watch games and, they'll like, try to talk sports to you at the bar or something like that. And they'll be like, oh, well, Ohio State's pretty good. Do you see what uh, Justin Fields did yesterday? And you're I like, that was yeah, pretty man. good. You know what I mean, though? No. That's okay. Yeah. But they are, they control the sport for the simple fact that their viewership is the vast, vast, vast majority of everybody that watches TV. So, them, they can ruin the sport by just, okay, well, they're only going to watch the SEC when Texas and Oklahoma go there. Or they can help the sport by watching it more and making it more money. You know what I mean? Like, they can do both. They're not ever in the middle, they're either hurting or helping. Like, look what baseballs happened. Casual fans quit watching baseball. Baseballs in trouble. You know what I mean? out. Like, yeah. Casual fans hurt the sport so much, and then they help the sport. So, like, I have very mixed feelings about it. And so, I'm a pretty arrogant sports fan. So, like, if someone's talking to me about Iowa sports and like doesn't quite know what they're talking about, but they're trying to talk it up and like try to hang in a conversation with me, it makes me yeah, it, it makes me pretty mad. But like, and that's, I mean, I try not to be an ass, but like <laughs> I get, I get pretty worked up about it. And so I have to keep calm and like relax, you know what I mean? Cause I'm like, okay, they're just trying to talk, whatever. Blah, blah. Don't talk out of your shoes almost like. No, that,
0: that's a real thing. Cause you yeah. get those people that are like trying to explain to you why Iowa is good or not, or any team for that matter, like why they're good or not. And you're like, no dude, you're missing the point. Like there's what? actually like, I, I watch it. I I try like right. so
3: hard to stay out of that conversation to get to that point. I just like nod and like go with them because I'm like, I I just don't want to do this. Like I, I can go for years and you won't understand anything, and then I'll look like an
4: ass. So See, I I know a couple of Iowa fans that are like that that we all know too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
4: you know who you are. I think <laughs> I, mean, you know,
2: I, think I know, know who
0: you're referring to. Um, oh my goodness! Well, but going like, back to the talk really fast about the alliance. There's some issues with it. Like, I think we're further away. I think the next meeting I read somewhere for the college football playoff committee to talk about the expansion is September 28th, I want to say. And then they called for a special conventional or special constitutional convention and SEC, the NCAA did. And that's supposed to occur like a half a month later. And that's what they think is talking about here. The 28th is week four, right?
3: right? Right. Or like technically week four after week zero, so technically week five, when does the first college football playoff ranking come out? how many weeks in Six right seven six or seven I thought, yeah I thought it was close to halfway or like back half so like I'm wondering if that's like they just added an extra meeting in order to get um, kind of this push forward before all that other stuff hits their plate.
0: right no, that makes sense, but I'm just saying I think this one will come up during the November fifteenth meeting the SEC meeting that they They scheduled um, later, but then you run into teams that have different TV deals. So I think this is going to be a harder thing to accomplish than not. You have the ACC that's in a deal with ESPN until 2036. You're asking Mm -hmm. ESPN to either take on all those games dually with the Big Ten network if this happens. And then the Pac-12 signed with Fox, and that expires in 2024. So that's probably around the time, 2025, 2026. I think the Big Ten's got a deal coming up too. Yeah, I assume. But they always have the Big Ten network, and I know they like to. That's a Fox thing yeah so like i think so it's under the same as the pac-12 so they're in the clear but acc being signed with espn which neither of the other two are through 2036 is going to be an issue with the whole deal it's just going to become a bidding war between these
3: tv programs and all these things like who can get what conference who can get what game that kind of thing like it already is
0: but like once if that happens it's going to become even more of one It'll be interesting. I, I, I'm on the same page as Schaefer. I think it'll be good for the sport in the long run. I think it'll take a little bit of the, the heat and that common viewership off the SEC. If USC and Clemson are playing each other week one along with Oklahoma and Alabama. Um, So I think, I think it'll be a good thing in general just to keep good games across the entire conference space rather than just in the SEC. Okay. That wraps up the Alliance talk that we had for tonight. Now let's go to mock headlines for the college football season. This is something we wanted to touch on the other night. We didn't have time for it. JP, uh, he's bumping his fist like he's in the Jersey Shore. We'll let him go first.
3: Okay, so for this, I kind of did like the cheesy thing where like you try to make a headline that some bad reporter would write. I did my best. It's pretty bad. But I just figured this would be fun for all of us to do. And I don't know if you guys went that route, if you just went like a normal headline. Okay. Schaefer. I just did a normal headline. I didn't oh. do anything corny. Fun committee. Reese? Three. <laughs> all right. So all right, first one I got. This is gonna be a headline for after the year is over. So like after the college football playoff or after Big Ten season concludes. Okay. First one ready? Jim Har bought himself another year. nice yeah nice yeah sold i'll buy that paper god that's so good (laughs) hey okay i don't need the sarcastic no it's good (laughs) man all right i (laughs) i just think i think he can do enough to buy himself another year at michigan and and you know everybody um talks about the extension he signed and all that stuff but in reality it truly helps michigan buy him out or get rid of him sooner if they want to but i think he's going to last another year at michigan i think he can win nine games
0: or so eight games i mean i don't know what michigan's standards is for them right now like you think i think a lot has to ride and you can maybe be the other side this is a kind of a question do you think uh, i think a lot rides on ohio state i think if he beats ohio state no matter whether or not he goes four and seven or four and eight and beats ohio state i think he buys himself another year but i think a lot of his career rides on that game they put so much emphasis on that yeah I see. I see eight games that are very winnable and a questionable ninth. So I see
3: them winning eight or nine. So I think he buys himself another I year.
4: I just I, just I just thought of one on top of my head. Actually.
3: Oh, okay. Reese, go right now.
4: It's a it's a pun off of you, but it'd be like so. Let's say um, Iowa State Oklahoma game. Iowa State goes in, takes care of business. Defense is stellar. Uh, Rattler has a bad game. Spencer rattled. Oh <laughs> you! toppled. Spencer rattled oh you toppled Iowa I State Iowa State that, takes the conference I, I thought it was
3: going to be like more intricate it's just <laughs> Spencer <laughs> rattled nope
4: it's, it's, it's right there it's, it's simple and to the point you need two words oh, <laughs> you got it <laughs> you think it's going to happen then Iowa State's going to beat Oklahoma hey, it might happen who knows I, I like where he's going he's got the head he's got the head I got it I'm, gonna ha- I'm just going to keep thinking of these I'm just going right. to keep thinking of puns as we go I thought but, of like a funny,
0: it's just money kind of branded headline. Um, okay. I was going to go with Scott Frost drops Matt Campbell in PlayStation Fiesta Bowl shake handshake line. <laughs> that would I I think that would be a fucking headline oh, right there because that and, would end all the arguments. Oh my
3: goodness! Yeah, <laughs> you guys don't remember Schaefer and Parks having a. Intense. I'm not, fucking, this,
1: I'm not. We're not going over this. Again. This is. I'm we're just going gotta
3: to remind the listeners about how heated this conversation was in our house for about a month and a half. It was Harbaugh or Matt, or not Harbaugh. It was Frost or Campbell in a fist fight. Who wins? And it was like heated, heated.
1: And the seventy percent of our fucking Nebraska homers who listen to this pod I had to back him
0: up. To Fro- I would you, take Frost. You, you, yes. Thank you. Thank you. He's a shit brick house, my guy. He's gonna fuck it he would knock him out I'm just saying okay that's a headline that's a headline that I think yeah, we're not, we're we wait for the sport to okay Schaefer, you go okay mine's really
1: boring but honestly I think it's really intriguing coming off of one of the most bizarre um, college football seasons of all time my headline is who was the fluke of last year who was the fluke of the 2020 season and did it count for anything
3: how about and- how about this
0: who can play the fluke <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> that's These
0: are going wildly <laughs> worse than I thought they were going to go. Yeah,
4: that's who terrible. Played? We, just we just weren't doing? fucking we're not ju- we weren't journalism majors in college. I'm just gonna stick to stick mine stick A lot of
0: wordplay from Jordan. You get who, who, who played the 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 Luke, fluke?
4: Jim Harb bought. A lot of wordplay. <laughs> I like he, it. he said mine was dumb. He just took he just said Jim Harbaugh bought himself here. I just said Spencer <laughs> Rattle. It's two words, it works. No shorter to the I, point.
3: You just put it you and you took an R made it a D and rattled. I put Rattled. I put rattled. Word, He was rattled in the game. Oh he, Iowa State Topples OU. Oh I, yeah. I know what the sentence means, Reese. I put the word bot in, inside of Harbaugh.
4: I know what you did, Jordan.
3: Okay. Are we are we done? No, you go ahead. Are we done?
4: <laughs> anyway
1: anyways. Um back to where I was. Talking about my headline, um, we're seeing who the fluke of last year was, whether it was a good or bad year. Do we find out, is Penn State really going downhill like Parks talked about last year? Um, Can LSU get back to where they were two years ago? Or what about the good teams that did really well last year? You know, Iowa State, Coastal Carolina, Cincinnati, um, Indiana. Are all those teams legit? You know, most of them do return guys. Um, from the COVID year because they didn't have NFL type of guys they just had really good college players. So that's what we're going to find out. Are those teams legit? Is this year going, was last year, not a fluke? Are they going to respond this year? Um, I think a lot of those teams are going to be successful um, just as, sorry, just as successful as they were last year. Uh, however, there's one team, although we kind of went into it last year or last week, sorry, um, about this team in the conference. However, I think Indiana is going to take a step back. I don't see Indiana being quite the team that they were last year. I think that they kind of had some fluky games. Uh, Penn State being one, I, I mean, that game literally came down to inches in a questionable
3: call. It didn't score. Did
1: so, I mean, it, yeah, it is what it is, and I don't want to take away the season that Indiana had because um, isn't it Tom Allen? He, he's a great guy. I think I'm bought into what he's selling at Indiana, and any season above 500 is great for that program. However, I just don't see them really – they got they got a tough non-conference schedule, um, and I just don't see them kind of really responding. However, I think, you know, Coastal, Cincinnati, hopefully I, – I mean, hopefully Iowa State returns to how they were last year. And I think LSU and Penn State are going to be really good again this year. So
0: That kind of jumps into mind. I think my realistic one, I had Franklin or Foe. And this is after week one when Penn State plays at Wisconsin. I think if Wisconsin comes out and dominates Penn State kind of – like they have been in previous years. Um, they haven't played in Madison in forever, I guess, um, from what I've heard. So I think it could go either way. But I think if Penn State gets blown out, that's a potential headline um, where you mm. kind of start talking about, is this the fall of Penn State, which we did last week. Any more mock headlines?
3: I got two more. Two, I'll, do, I'll be real short. Okay, so this one's like a playoff of ESPN 30 for 30. I got Rakeem for the Big 12. So this, for me, could be the last year of the Big 12 if Oklahoma and Texas decide they want to buy out, which is 100% a possibility. So this is like a chance for you to take it all in and just give it one last hurrah. And so I had that one. And then Every Dog Has Its Year is my other one. And this one is solely solely based upon North Carolina State, the Wolfpack, and Washington Huskies, both on a lot of people's could yeah we could throw georgia in there we could throw georgia i was going more for teams that are a little more off the radar to the big picture as much ah, tech. okay we could put yeah well, there's a lot of bulldogs out there so we got uh, but like those two teams could be uh very high betting pieces Georgetown? Of no <laughs> <laughs> those two teams have a good shot at making a lot of noise within both conferences and in the country so i think
0: every UMBC.
3: dog has now
0: now they're just they're just letting you aggregate <laughs> yeah. now right. we're just throwing dogs. You can <laughs> <teams that> play <laughs> fucking football. <laughs> the Aggies, they could be in there. If you want to put
3: you could put them if you're gonna go mascot only, you could put Tennessee in there. Like a year that's what you're going smoking not back. Tennessee's so not back. Oh no, they're in trouble. They're wow. not
0: okay, well, we'll save it for the SEC. We'll save it <laughs> for the SEC. Wow. A little early, a little early jab at Tennessee there. Chaper, I thought you liked Rocky Top. That's that's crazy. No, that was that was that was your guys's thing. I don't. I thought know. it was cool. I, I mean, I just
1: like the cool, idea.
3: Cool Rocky logo, and more than I like Rocky Top itself. Like, they got
1: a lot of rich history, and they got one of the best uh, stadiums in the country. But I, I mean, it's hard to have a good stadium when you
3: fucking suck every year. Great stadium, cool mascot, and the checkerboard. Cool end zone, and Cade yep. Manning.
0: I think a for sure headline somewhere in the world. There's going to be a like. I think. Horns down, and like a fuck ou hashtag is going to just fly if either of those teams lose at any point in the season. Like t- people, the college football world is not very happy with them, including us. um So I think horns down is going to be a big thing this year, especially with them making penalties and everything about it. So I, I think you see that in headline very soon.
3: One one quick thing, JP, were you referring for the Big Twelve? Were you re- uh, referring to the requiem of the Big East? Is that what you're? Is it Rakim uh, or is it Cream? It's not. No, it's what did you say? Requiem. Requiem. I don't. Requiem. Mean, English is
0: the hardest what language. Fucking
3: word, you hard. trying to say? Isn't it Rakim? Rakim for the R E Rakim Boyd?
0: What are you talking? I, no, I don't even know that.
3: R E. Oh, it's a thirty for thirty. Yeah, it's yeah.
1: Requiem. Yeah, I was say That's what I said. Oh well, cool. I said it wrong. Sorry. It's fucking Rakim. That. Says. <laughs> hey, words are hard. <laughs> words are hard. <laughs> I know that's how you said it. That's a great, no, they should make a 30 for 30. That'd be cool. I love that 30 for 30.
0: Okay, let's jump to the next topic. There's a lot of headlines that are potentially out there. I think we actually hit some of them, especially the PlayStation Fiestable one. I really feel like that could be a thing. Um, okay, let's jump to teams that we want our schools to schedule. And when we talk about our schools, if you have, this is this the first time you're ever listening? We have a Nebraska fan, an Iowa State fan, an Iowa fan, and then just kind of a fan of life um <laughs> for a good time man so uh we have a very balanced midwest fan base he's louisiana um, tech fan oh yeah that right. that's right go doves uh, okay let's start with Schaefer. teams that you want iowa state to schedule in the coming years i mean i kind
1: of i don't think I don't he put like, much
0: thought into this so
1: i I mean, I don't know. I don't – I would like to see them get back to early in the 2000s. Uh, In 2001 – or 2002, sorry, Jesus. We played Florida State in the Eddie Robinson Classic. I would like to see us play another Power 5 school um, kind of outside of our little realm. I would like to maybe even see an old rivalry. I think it would be kind of fun if we played Colorado, Nebraska, or Missouri again, um, an old Big 12 rival. I think that would be fun. I kind of just want to see us, and no offense to our, our friends. Sure,
0: now you want to play us, motherfucker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> never, never. We were just fine when you guys left. I was ready to play you guys. Yeah, left. we
0: fumbled seven times.
1: <laughs> and, but anyways, no offense to our friends out east. I just don't want to play you and I. It's just, I get it financially. We're doing a thing for them. We're doing a thing for the state. Number one, they always keep it close, no matter what. And it's that's a, a lose
0: lose situation game. It like, is that's one that you find yourself in. Like if you win, you're supposed to win, nobody really gives a shit. But if you lose or it's close, like then it's a big I enjoy battle. obviously
1: I don't want to get rid of the side game. I think we should play a cupcake every year in the Mountain West, which we usually do. San Jose State. I guess we played Akron, the Mac, and we played Northern Illinois and this year we're playing UNLV. But I want to see us get a better Power 5 school and or renew a old Big 12 rival. I think that would okay. be a lot more fun. I like
3: that. I like that. I, I like those choices had, as well. I had a one thought for Iowa State, and I kind of thought this would be – I don't know. I think it would just be a fun game, like kind of something to um, – similar play styles and things. Iowa used to do – or did a home-and-home home one year with Arizona State. I think Arizona State Iowa State would be a good one. I was about to say one of a Pac-12 yeah, school. Like, like, I want to see us play a random power
1: five. I just – something new every year, something fun. I, I like to go to games. I would love to go to somewhere that would be fun and legitimate. A lot of people are going to the Vegas game this year.
3: Just a I lot them win by 50.
1: Yeah, I just think it's a bunch of fake fan bullshit to go to Vegas. And Because if you really know anything about UNLV, they're top ten worst team in the country. So Horrible. Hey,
3: Tate Martell, though. <laughs> if he – yeah. If he plays. he starts.
0: Okay, we'll jump to J.P. Teams that you want Iowa to schedule.
3: Yeah, so I, this all came off the thought, basically. I've had it in my head for a while, but when they did, like, the Alliance talks, I thought this would be a good topic found to kind of talk about. Number one on my list, I've wanted this for a long time, and I think it should definitely happen. Um, Notre Dame. I want Iowa-Notre Dame. And Iowa-Notre Dame used to be a I big thing. What? I think
1: everyone wants Notre Dame. I've yeah. heard that argument from Iowa
3: State, too. Iowa-Notre Dame used to be a big thing back in the now. Kinnick days, of the 30s, 40s, 50s kind of thing. Um, and it used to be a very heated rivalry and things like that, kind of just being kind of close into teams that were, you know, often running in early years of college football. So I think that one would be really good. Obviously, Notre Dame's got games with um, – they always want to play the ACC. They have USC. Like, they have a lot of stuff going on. So it's harder to schedule that one. Next one, Iowa-Texas. I want Texas. Um, I just want – I think that would be a good one. say not-
1: from, what was it, 12 years ago?
3: Oh, yeah. So that was that was a tough one. But, I mean, like I just think that would be a good one. It gives the Hawks a big marketing uh, situation. You can bring a big name that you don't usually bring a power fighting team, you know, into Kinnick Stadium. That would be a good one. And then my last one was little like Rose Bowl kind of thing. Iowa-Washington, I think that would be a good one. Similar play styles, very run heavy, very – Um, you know, tough, and even Stanford into there. So those are the ones I kind of thought about.
4: Play Stanford again last time wasn't very good, man.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that Stanford team wasn't Stanford. That Stanford team was like an athletic one. I want the one that's power run heavy and boring like Iowa is. I rewatched
1: that game on YouTube the other night, JP, just because I kind of forgot about it. And that was
3: a lot worse than I remembered. Oh, it's bad. They they were so good. There literally wasn't a second
4: they were in that game. Well, the kickoff was a touchback, and the first play CMC took to the house. kickoff was a fucking touchdown. There wasn't a it second just, I was in the game. <laughs> they just don't,
3: they did not have a very good game plan for that setup. And I think a lot of it was <coughs> a lot of hangover from a shitty way to lose a Big Ten title game. That, was a, that Michigan State drive was tough. It was just demoralizing, hurt like hell. It was like death by a thousand cuts and like <laughs> the worst pain ever. Like it was horrible.
0: I sent, video, I sent a video, I was having lunch the other day, um, and I looked up on the TV, it was like one TV in the middle of the afternoon at this bar, and it was, the, it was the Iowa-Michigan State game from that year, and I sent JP a video of it on Snapchat, and he just responded, fuck you, like, as if I turned the game on. And I was like, I'm just showing you, like, why is this on the TV right now at noon? It was a great game, it didn't go in your favor, but it was a good football game. Big 10 game to a T. But I'll jump to Reese before I give my thoughts on who I want Nebraska to play. What games do you want to see or do you think would be a fun watch?
4: Uh, Well, I mean, you just mean like this year or what?
0: Just in general. Like, what's college football if it's a rivalry outside of the teams?
4: I mean, like, this year the one game that I was looking at that I think is, like, is awesome to see is, like, the Clemson-Georgia, like, week one. like, having those big games, like, to start off the year, I think with, like, especially those power fives where you're one of those teams that's a top 10 every year and has a shot at the college football playoff. Like why fucking not go play against the best you can right away. And I think like having that happen within your conference, like having like Oklahoma go play. Um, I don't know if you, I mean, if they would be like a North Carolina or something like that, who's like at the top of the ACC this year or having like your Arizona state go play your like Florida or something like that. Like having those conversations that don't usually play each other, like finding a way to have those teams are going to be at the top of it, find a way to compete at the beginning of a year. Like, I feel like that's just better for college football in general too, is what I would say. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I think those games are exciting because you get like, obviously the matchups you want to see like the best versus the best preseason ranking teams, but do they really in the long run, this is a question for everybody. Do you, do they really matter that much? Especially if if the college football expands, the the playoff that is expands like it's supposed to be. Like, do those Clemson, Georgia week one games matter? Yes, they're great. I love watching because it's a great football game all the time. But do they really matter in the grand scheme of things?
4: It does to the mid level teams, teams that are sitting seven through fifteen or fifteen through. Like, if you if you win that game, I say absolutely. If you lose that game, you might brush it off as like, okay, that was week one against a good team. Like, as long as we don't find a way to lose two more games you should be fine. But like if you win that game, I feel like you're definitely in like favor yeah. of it.
3: Yeah, I just think I just think it's for like a certain section of the rankings, like a seven to twenty would be a bigger deal than like your top six. You know what I mean? Because like the top six are buying to get in the four. If you're already in the top six, it probably doesn't matter as much. But seven through twenty, I feel like you can slip from the seating spots pretty quick. So just being able to get a win under your belt early, that is usually outside of um like the bubble that you play and cross conference stuff and compare yourself to another conference. I think it's good.
0: Okay. Well, if I had to pick teams that I would like Nebraska to schedule, obviously they've been kind of making changes. We've renewed, renewed rivalries with Colorado and Oklahoma the past couple of years. So that's always a nice thing to see, but it's tough for me because we're at a point in our program where we're really either like trying to turn things around as soon as possible or we're just going to suck for the next five years until we get rid of frost or however long that takes. But if I had to choose one in particular, it'd be Texas because I think that's the team that we could probably closest compete with. And that's a game that we haven't renewed. We have the Oklahoma, which was always a big game. I think most of this derives from just what I experienced as a kid watching Texas, Nebraska, or Colorado, Nebraska, or Oklahoma, Nebraska, going to those games. I just remember that feeling. Um, so getting those games I, ideally would be great. Um, especially Texas, just because I feel like we'd compete the most with that team right now. Um, But I think the Big 12 in general would be my answer. I think the old Big 12, like minus West Virginia, TCU, like if I go back to 2007, 2008, like that years, those years of the Big 12 were great. One, because Nebraska was competitive and, and decent and had a decent record every year, which I would literally lick a hobo's ass for. But you also have the other side of things where it's like, those teams are better now. So you have Iowa state who's really good top five team in the country. And then you have other teams that are going to be competing for a college football playoff spot in Oklahoma. So, and we're so far behind that. So it's a tough question for me to answer, but if I had to pick one team, it'd be Texas because we can compete right now. Yep. I, I kind of thought you'd
3: go in that direction. I think it's a good way to go because there's a lot of marketing and money making tools behind that.
0: Yeah. And it's also, we also all three have programs that aren't, in jeopardy, like you look at the LaTex, Louisiana rose where those teams are like, well, whatever. We need to make money because we have to keep going. Like our our athletic budgets, no matter what, are going to be are going to be fine. So I didn't even think of it the money making side of things, but you're right. In the long run, like those games are going to make and be televised to millions of people, so it would be good in the grand scheme of things. But that's that's just a point adding on. It's a good point. Okay, now we're jumping to the transfer portal things that we think are huge for the sport of college football, people who are going to be big and big impact teams. Um, I would lead off and say that I think Kentucky is going to be much, much better this year, but keep going.
3: Yeah, for sure. I think Kentucky got some pieces. We've talked about Kentucky uh, a little bit in our last pod, I believe, kind of going over them and maybe some surprise teams. So I think that will be something if you want to listen to more about them later in the episode, and then as well as our last previous episode, there'll be content on them. I, th- I thought it was just kind of a crazy year for quarterback transfers. If you like look at different places around the country and quarterbacks bouncing around and kind of like a chain reaction. And Schaefer, we touched on one, you know, last week when we were talking to Pac-12, we've talked about um, different things with the Big Ten and transfers there. Um, so I just kind of have a little bit of a list. It's like if you guys have something uh, pointed out or you want to talk about a certain one, I think. There's obviously some obvious ones in here, but there are some that maybe are a little more under the radar that I think will be big names and things like that. So Chase Bryce, Duke, Ah, Appalachian State. Yep. I think Appalachian State is a solid team. They're a great program, and they just need to to solidify the quarterback position to have a great year. They took a little bit of a step back to their standards last year. And bringing in Chase Bryce, who was under Cutcliffe at Duke, usually Cutcliffe's a quarterback whisperer, but if he wants to come to App State – They'll be happy to have him into an offense that is going to soar if he can play well. Uh, number two, Mackenzie Milton. Kind of speaks for itself. We've gone over that. A lot of people have talked about that one. And, you know, just UCF, Florida State after the big injury, how does he come back from this? Can he carry a Florida State team up in a, a level to kind of get back to the promised land? Like what happens with McKenzie Milton? I know Parks is a big fan of McKenzie Milton as he was Scott Frost quarterback at UCF. So, I mean, Arch, what do you kind of think about Milton? Like, what do you think he can do for Florida State? I know we talked about him a little last week, but just give us a little in-depth on that. I just – I think it's a good good spot for him, but I'm also a little worried with going to a program that's rebuilding so much.
0: Fitting into that system, I think he kind of plays the role of like – I thought of him as like a Devon Francois on, on steroids. Like, he has that running impact and that speed, and he knows the pace that he wants to play, especially at UCF. They were the fastest team in the country. And then you add in his throwing ability, which is far far better than Francoise ever was. So I think it's a step in the right direction in general for Florida State. His play style matches up, but it's some, one of those things where you have to really see how he fits in with the guys that he's just getting around. And they're so much different than those three two star athletes that were kind of just found in, and pushed into UCF.
3: Yeah, for sure, Shafe. I think you kind of have a little bit of insight on what you think about Florida State and what they're going to do. So what do you? What's your curiosity?
1: I, I don't think. I, and granted, I have no idea what the strides he's been taking, but I don't think it's safe to say that Jordan Travis might not return as a starter. I mean, I think that, yes, he struggled, but that entire Florida State team struggled. I don't think Travis is a bad player, but I think when you get a guy like Milton who hasn't played in two years and as devastating of an injury as it was, you kind of – guy almost I,
0: lost I, his leg. We might, yeah, we might not remember that. Like, I don't
1: want to say know. the guy doesn't have a chance or he's not going to be the same player, but – I don't think it's a bad idea to stick with Travis for Florida State at this point. They're not going to be very good anyways. I don't think a guy like Milton's going to absolutely turn it around. This isn't the American. Okay. And now he's got a brand new leg. I just don't, I wouldn't be surprised if Travis keeps the starting spot, but from what the articles that I've read, um, Milton is going to be the starter, but I wouldn't keep it out as far as uh, Minnie Purdy. I don't think, I think he's years away and honestly I could possibly see him transferring. I, I don't know.
0: I think you'd have to throw, like, at least 20 more picks this season to be considered a Purdy.
1: No, so, I think he's no, far away. No, uh,
3: Brock Purdy's little brother is the backup quarterback.
1: Chuck, oh,
0: okay. You were actually talking about I thought you were talking about Mackenzie Milton being called Purdy Jr. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. He, I think uh, he, that kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit, didn't it, him going down there?
1: Yeah, he was a Louisville commit, and then he went to
3: Florida State, which I don't know why. But
1: uh, well, I would say another transfer I'm, I'm excited about and I'm really interested – uh, Jack Cohn at uh, mm-hmm. Notre Dame. That's huge. You know, he was a Rose Bowl quarterback. He he was on that team that played Herbert in the Rose Bowl. Um, a foot injury caused him to get benched by Graham Mertz. So I think Graham Mertz is going to have a solid year. You know, I put my insight on that last week. But this is a guy that's going to come in that has a ton of winning experience and is going to replace a Ian Book that won 30 games. So I think that Notre Dame is a team that can probably have as, almost as much of success as last year. I don't think they're going to get mm-hmm. to the playoff again. But with Kyron Williams coming back and now you got a guy like Jack Cohn, I think that it, that's a
3: great transfer co- uh, commit for him. I think he's a placeholder. He, I, he's just – to me, when you look at who he is and what he's done and how he worked at Wisconsin and what was behind him at Wisconsin, most of that was the production behind him and him just trying you know, to be that pro-style quarterback that just got you there. So I just think that's what he's going to be at Notre Dame. To me, if you're going to go Notre Dame, you're going to get more of not a less high power attack with him. And maybe I'm completely wrong, but that offense was crazy with Ian Book with the ability to run. And I don't know if he's going to have the same ability to do so. Um, one more
0: that I have. That- no, 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 no. Let me get one first because I think you might take mine. I got a list. Okay, I, I'm going to go Charlie Brewer at Utah. I think Charlie Brewer, just his passing ability alone, he kind of showed flashes of it in big games last year against Iowa State. I think with the offensive weapons that Utah has and has brought back this year, obviously they've been in talks to be a really good football team. I think he fits really well into that system, and I think they're gonna be a, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with, especially in the Pac-12, which is going to beat up on each other. Okay. loves him.
1: I was going to say, kind of going back to that, and then reversing teams, you have a Pac-12 to the Big 12 guy, uh, Tyler Shuck. Um, He was supposed to be Oregon's next guy replacing Herbert and it just didn't work out. He wasn't consistent enough. Like I mentioned before, he got benched in the bowl game last year. He's really a guy that's got a lot of intangibles and I like the way he plays, but, I I think it was good that both parties kind of separated from each other, but I'm not so sure how good Texas Tech is going to revive his career. <laughs> I'm
3: gonna, I don't think that's, just, don't think that's, that's just, cool the answer.
1: It's a bad, it's a bad fit. Um, What's-his-name? Uh, God, what's-his-name's not coaching. What? Oh. The guy from Arizona. God, I'm, already, I'm losing my mind. Someone? No, the guy who took the Cardinals job.
3: Oh, Kingsbury. Yeah, yeah. Kingsbury. Yeah. Der- He's King. F- I think you talking about Arizona, Arizona.
1: No, no, no. I'm saying if, if Kingsbury was the coach of this team, I would feel a lot better about Shuck, but I just don't know if this is the right fit for him.
3: Yeah. People forget about how, like, the years that Charlie Brewer had at Bailey. Like, he yeah, had some definitely, you know, stats that stick out to you. One more that I had that was kind of a little bit different. I don't know. Shea Wirtz was a quarterback at Georgia Southern in their option attack, fast as hell. He's transferred to Louisville and he's going to play receiver now. So that is just another weapon speed. The guy can run. Obviously, you've seen it when he played quarterback and then option attack. But I think the transition to that and then to a bigger conference, that's a challenge for him. That will be really cool to see and how they work him into a spot.
0: Okay, that covers the transfer portal that we wanted to touch on. Obviously, there's some big names that have been floating around, I think, non-quarterback-wise you got to look at Kentucky, who has multiple who we touched on and we'll touch on later when we talk about the SEC more in depth. But, like, grabbing guys like Wondell Robinson and other people that they grabbed out of the transfer portal, they're really trying to make moves over there to be competitive within that conference. Um, so I think Kentucky's to watch out for. So let's go to that. Let's go to the SEC. Let's talk about um, – what they're going to be, right? It's, it's the best conference in football. It's obviously the most watched. you got your Alabama, your Georgia, your Florida, your a and like all these big-name schools. I mean, it's the SEC. It is what it is. They're good every year. Obviously, you have Alabama coming in at number one in the first top 25 poll this year. And then you have teams throughout the SEC being sprinkled in there. You have Georgia. You have other teams that are just going to be competitive in the college football playoff for years to come. So let's talk about the SEC. Who wants to leave us off?
1: I, I would go so with you guys. Um, my, my opinion, J.P., I'm a little interested to see about this. My, well, my first headline, um, I think Georgia controls the East, and I have it easily. I, I don't see agreed. being very competitive for Georgia. J.T. Daniels, I believe right now, um, we'll see what Bryce Young does, but I think J.T. Daniels is easily the best quarterback in the conference until proven otherwise um, with some new guys coming in. Um, George Pickens. No, being I,
3: know of- guy, I know a guy that I would like to have a talk on that. Matt, Matt Corral at Ole Miss, even though yeah, okay, got him, but a lot of people like him. And then, um, uh, Basilek at Arizona or Missouri. I yeah, I would
1: say with Corral, Missouri. I think that the offense is kind of set to him, and Kiffin lets him play a mm-hmm. lot more. I think that just kind of helps. I don't think he would be as successful at any other place. But that's. No,
3: just- I agree with you on JT Daniels, but yeah, go back into your thoughts.
1: Uh, I know I just think that. Um, The receiving core, the running back core, they return at Georgia is loaded. Jordan Davis on the defensive line is supposedly an All-American candidate, and he's leading this front line for the uh, Georgia team. That's apparently this is the best defensive line in the country, and they're going to be absolutely stacked. And then to add, yeah, exactly. And then to add more depth, uh, they got another transfer, Darian Kendrick from Clemson. He's going to be playing corner for them. So they got the pieces, they got the returners, and they're adding the weapons on defense. I just don't see the East. You have Florida who's trying to replace Kyle Pitts, yeah. Darius Tony,
3: and Kyle wow. Trask.
1: That weird. offense. What
3: is Henry Jones going to do? If he if he has not been playing to this point, is he going to be that much better? Like he's been I, there a while.
1: I was going to say, I think he's the dark horse. I think he's somebody that can make Florida um, better. I think that he is kind of the make or break point of this Florida team because I thought he showed some flashes against Oklahoma I thought he played decently well they just were outmanned physically especially with all those freshmen and uh, backups playing in that game I think that Dan Mullen's a guy who can replace his weapons but that team last year offensively is going to go under the radar it's one of the best offenses college football's Mm -hmm. seen in a long time that was you have a tight end that's an absolute um, unicorn, who's going to dominate the NFL, who can play both positions, tight end and wide receiver. Kadarius Tony was like a mini Tyree kill. And Kyle Trask was just a very, very solid quarterback. Um, And then defensively, so you have Emory Jones coming back. So, And defensively, they got to get back on track because they gave up 30 points a game last year. So it's not like they're returning a bunch of studs on defense. Yep. And after that, the bottom four, I know you talked about Missouri, JP, but – You have Kentucky. I know I'm a Stoops guy. I think that he's a great coach. You know, you talked about Wandell uh, Robinson coming in. That's arguably the top transfer pick um, all of this offseason. And then they returned Christopher Rodriguez, who rushed for over 1,000 yards last year. They're going to be a solid team, eight wins. I think they're better than Missouri. Um, But to compete on Georgia's level, absolutely not. There's just nobody from top to bottom in that division that's going to compete with Georgia.
3: Georgia, to me, could have gotten a lot more help if they would have kept – if George Pickens would have stayed healthy through the offseason. Yeah. Some really that was good tough thing. to see. He me, apparently, he's going to miss most of the year, if not the whole dang thing, which is tough to see because he had such a good year last year, and he was already all over people's boards and, you know, catching eyes on TV. So, that sucks for them. I think they haven't – they have plenty enough weapons, though. Like, in all honesty, they have all the weapons you need in the world. You have Zamir White in the backfield. You have – the ability to find, you know, playmakers in other spots.
0: Jermaine Burton returned. He's probably going to be their top receiver this year. He's a, he's a monster.
3: When you just think of – they're in the second second year um, with O.C., their O.C., and a full offseason to go through that. They've got more entwined. J.T. Daniels has had the experience. He's gotten a whole spring to go over it. There's a lot going on for Georgia that I think – well, it's another year. It's another Georgia hype train. So, I mean, it becomes what's going to actually happen. Can they hang on? and get to the SEC title game like they did with Fromm, or do they end up in a situation where they have a letdown year and a couple games slip out of their hands?
1: Here's their uh, schedule for you, and I really like their schedule. Besides going to Clemson, they got South Carolina at home. They have at Vanderbilt. They have um, Arkansas at home. They get Missouri and Kentucky at home, and obviously uh, the Florida game is a neutral site game. They don't have a tough road game in conference that's going to test them, really.
3: Nope, no, no, no. I, I, Jordan Hare, I mean, Auburn is Auburn. I think crazy things happen. You remember the prior Jordan Hare, the kicks, yeah. like things happen there. But yeah, I agree with you. Like they don't have that. Was,
1: yeah, my bad. I was referring to the east side of that division. That's my, yeah, my bad. No, you're
3: good. But that's, yeah, they can still win the east with a loss there. But it's just an interesting thing to kind of think about. If there's a, it's not even sandwiched between two games that are that tough, though, 'cause because you have Arkansas and then you have, Kentucky, both at home, so yep. Kentucky, I don't think is going to get a blind eye from people this year. If they're not that they have been like truly because they give people a lot of fits, so I don't think they're getting a blind eye from anybody. And like, but they're going to truly get a good punch from everybody this year, which usually it's Kentucky trying to give everybody the best punch. So that's something to pay attention they can't, to. They
1: can't sleep or yeah. creep
3: up on somebody. Nobody's going to be sleeping on them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then Alabama to me is basically is Bryce Young as. Advertised. Advertised, yes. Is he what they say he is? Is he, you know, beholding of all the abilities they say he has? And can there? Yeah, Alabama's going to reload. We know Alabama's going to reload. Like that's just a given. We're used to seeing that. Sarkeesian's gone. The OC. How are we going to go over that? How is that thing going to go over? Uh, the defense is supposed to be better than the offense this year. So that's kind of what they're going to hang their hat on. They're going to go back to the old Alabama defense, controlling the football, that kind of stuff, but still have the ability in the offense. So. Between those – and they have, like, uh, Henry 202. I don't even know how to say his name. 202. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And, you know, Will Anderson, like, they're going to have a great linebacking core. And Alabama linebackers, like, I mean, you want to start the list going with Alabama linebackers that are in the NFL now? Like, Mm -hmm. you can go forever on that. So, I think, do they run the table? No. Are they going to be in the SEC title game? I wouldn't be shocked. But I don't think I'd be shocked if they weren't either.
1: I'm interested to see – I think Bryce Young is as good as advertised, but can Bill O'Brien put him in the position to be successful? Mm-hmm. I mean, coming from NFL experience and being a Colts fan, Bill O'Brien had a rough go with his quarterback. I don't know. It's been a while. It's been, really been a long time since he's been in the college game. Um, we've seen Saban get on his coordinators when, you know, Kiffin and Stark were in town. So I'm really interested to see if O'Brien can even set up –
3: bryce young for success well if we're not going to pick alabama we're going to pick texas a&m that's in my head are, are we yeah i'm going to go if i'm not going alabama or it's, it's georgia or it's texas a&m to me it's one of those two if Alabama's not going to be holding the crown at the end of the year it's going to be one of those two and i like i like texas a&m a lot the issue becomes you know this still have to pick the quarterback yet jimbo's still trying to find one out he's got hayes king or zach calzada which one's going to get the keys to the offense? Which one's going to be able to, you know, really make A&M the best possible? Good news is you got Isaiah Spiller back, and I really like Isaiah Spiller. I think he's one of the best backs in the country that's not even talked about that much. Like, a lot of talk on, um, you know, Bijan Robinson at Texas. A lot of talk at Brees Hall at Iowa State. You got on Williams at Notre Dame. Like, there's these backs all across the country, and Isaiah Spiller's kind of falling back a little bit. I mean, the kid's solid, over 900 900- – all oh, first yards last year, 10 cutties, the kid's solid. And he split reps last year. It, like not even split. He was the, you know, the main feature back, but I think if he gets more carries, he's just absolutely dangerous. I just think they have a lot of ability and a lot of chance to, they could be at Alabama find themselves in an SEC title game.
0: I'm kind of jumping back to the East here really fast. I'm kind of buying into the Kentucky hype. I know we just talked about him, and, and I don't, I agree. I don't think they're gonna be able to sneak up on any teams, but I think a big, not a big name, but a, a little bit of a, a piece that's going to be huge for that team in general that we didn't talk about in the transfer portal. Will Levis, a quarterback from Penn State, I think is going to be a night and day difference for Kentucky. I think that was a big spot that they were missing. Mm-hmm. Um, they returned a couple of really good wide receivers for them last year, um, and that is Josh Ali and Keaton Upshaw. Sorry, I had to find it in my notes. Um, those guys are going to be good, and then you attach Wandell, so I think they have the offensive weapons now. Levis opens a run pass option that kind of Kentucky didn't have um, that they have now. So I think that that's going to be the team that, that, what is that week? October 16th. So whatever week that is at Georgia, that's a tough game. Yeah. At Georgia is a tough game alone there, but if they compete that game, then I could see them kind of taking, running away with that side. Obviously I think Georgia wins that football game, but I think that's the team that could potentially sneak up and win that side. If anybody besides Georgia is going to do it.
3: Yeah, I I don't know if they win that side, but I think Levis is a bump. But they also just came up one of the best quarterbacks they've had in their history. Like, they had a guy. Like, they they had athleticism everywhere. And I don't know if Levis is a step up in athleticism or if he's a step up in quarterback play. But they are coming up – catch his name. Shave, what's his name? Oh, Terry Wilson. Uh, Quarterback was, like, a huge step up for, you think, Kentucky in the last 10 years. That kid was – everything in athletic and had the ability to run the ball. He threw the ball well for him. Were they set up perfectly to win a lot of games with explosiveness? No, but he was an athletic guy. So Levis is a bump, but I just don't know in what direction. Like, are you giving up athleticism to get a pocket passer or are you balancing it out kind of thing? So, but I
0: just see them going into that Georgia game. There is potential that, that Kentucky, if they play like they're supposed to be playing, could be undefeated. They go to ULM, who didn't win a football game last year. Then they play Missouri, Tennessee, Chattanooga. Then they go to South Carolina, who hasn't been competitive in recent history. Florida, who's trying to rebuild now after losing massive players. LSU, who didn't have their year last year, but is still somehow ranked 13th. And then they play Georgia. So they don't have the toughest schedule leading up to that one main game. Um, they kind of have that cakewalk the first three weeks besides Missouri. Somebody could argue that they could win that game. But if this team's as good as advertised, we could be talking a 6-0 and team going into that game.
3: Florida-LSU back-to-back week scares me for them.
0: I do That's not see A
3: people yeah. think, too. Yeah. You drop me. You're them. missing those pieces, but still. I just don't think they win both those games. They lose one of those games. And I don't, it might be close. They might get both of them, but I don't think they win both.
0: Games. I think it's a huge positive that both those games are at home. You go to South Carolina and then you come home, home, Florida LSU. Oh, yeah. So I think there's That's an fair. upper hand there. Oh. Um, I think it if it was oh. at Florida or at LSU, I'm kind of on the side with you, but if this team's as good as I think they will be with the offensive weapons, they acquired and kind of re what's the word I'm looking for. They like, they didn't replace their quarterback, but they just, like, re-upped. They revamped, just like every other top-tier school. It's just the next guy up. Um, so, I think Will Levis is better than people think, too. So, I think this team's going to be good. And then, I, in general, I think Alabama wins the conference. I don't know if they win the national title, though, because I, that stat scared me. I know we retweeted it from our account, but what is it? Seven of the last nine preseason number one-ranked teams like do not 30. win the national title.
3: 19. Yeah, something crazy, and I I don't know if they do. I think this is actually kind of an open year for anybody to win the title, and I know it. College football has gone to that situation where it's the same four teams as five teams that have a chance, but I okay. think you open that up more now to like seven or like eight or nine at least.
1: I yeah, gonna... I think
0: I think the SEC is going to be interesting in general. Schaefer, what were you saying?
1: Well, I just I don't think we've talked about it yet, and I, and I kind of want to get to it because I know JP is big on Texas A&M. And as he should, I think they're a really good team, but I'm kind of excited for LSU this year. I'm going to be completely honest. However, obviously with Brennan getting hurt or whatever that accident was, I don't know, apparently he got in some big fishing accident and he's going to be out for a while. Um, That's obviously not great news, but Their backup is Max Johnson. If you don't know his dad, uh, former Buccaneers Super Bowl champ Brad Johnson. So he's got some quarterback genes in him. So that's really something to look at. I think T.J. Finley transferring, he's kind of regretting that now. You know, looking back at last year, he could have been a guy for them this year that could have taken, like J.P. likes to say, the keys of the offense. You know, a big dude who can lead this offense. However, they returned all their starters on the offensive line. Kayshawn Bout comes back. He's a first-team all-conference guy at receiver. Defensively, they need to improve. Last year, they gave up 35 points a game. That's not good, especially um, for LSU standards. They bring in new coordinator, Durante Johnson, okay? And then I think they got the best defensive player in the country. I know J.B.'s high on him and Derek Stingley Jr. Mm -hmm. Um, When you have a guy.
3: For a DB to be as locked down as in like when DBs have hype, I think they usually hold up to him yeah. in the college. It, it gives you it gives sure, you I'm
1: a little sure. bit like that, not Tyron Matthew hype because he was a Heisman guy, but like almost.
3: Tyron Matthew was a different guy. This guy. That's,
1: that that's why I said, I don't want to compare him to it, but as much of an impact as he can make on the defensive side of things, he's really something to look at. And then they added a Clemson linebacker and Mike Jones. So they're trying to put the pieces together um, on the defensive side. It's just a matter of, um, can Max Johnson take over and, you know, get this offense going again? He really didn't expect to be the starter uh, with this freak accident by Brennan. So it'll be interesting to see. I think that they can give some scares. I, I don't know if they can compete for the top or
3: that, co- or that side of the division, but there's something to, somebody to look out for. You're going to know right away how good they are because they go to UCLA and they got D T R and Chip Kelly waiting for them out there in a trap situation. So They're, I mean, you're going to know right away. So that's interesting to me. I another one that I think a lot of people have talked about, and it's you know, but I want to hit on it a little bit. You know, Auburn's coaching hire Brian Harson, You know, he's already feels like he's treading a ton of water. Like he's already fighting for his job. Guys in not coach the game yet. So is Bo Nix the answer? Is Bo Nix not the answer? You're gonna get Bo Nix of you know Iron Bowl lore from two years ago, or are you gonna get Bo Nix that struggled a ton last year and other situations? So basically. Was the hire smart, or was it out of you know, being desperate? Was I, I just, you know, what I mean? Like I don't, no, I'm, I, not sure I'm not sure.
1: And then, and then you get like you said it before, JP. You get Corral at Ole Miss. This division's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a lot yeah. of fun.
3: Ole Miss could be the most exciting team in college football for the simple fact that Lane Kiffin is the offensive genius he is. The weapons that Matt Corral has and the ability of Matt Corral. Like, they could be that much fun. And they could be that much fun because they also give up the points. Like yeah, they
1: I was going <laughs> to say, that's no. why over. People are like – people are like sleep on – don't sleep on Ole Miss. It's like, they can score points. That's fucking great. Dude, their defense can't stop anybody.
3: No. <laughs> it's no. the
1: same, same stuff every year.
3: No, and they're – they're trying, they got co-defensive coordinators, they're trying to make something work. But when you got two minds that you know, when you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. we have two defense coordinators, do you really have one? Like you gotta figure something out there. There's a lot to be had, and it's not a one year fix on the defensive side. Has Langton really ever cared about defense? We could argue no. No. So <laughs> uh
0: yeah. I think another team you have to add on to this talk if we're gonna talk about the side of the division is Arkansas. I think they're an interesting case. You have Sam Pittman in his second year. Guy had zero spring practices last year at all. Obviously a weird year. They have the toughest schedule in the country again this year. Um, So I think this is a team to watch out for. They returned 19 of the 22 starters this year, and the year before they only returned 13. So I think Sam Pittman's getting a little bit of his feet under himself, and I think this team could compete. But yeah. their schedule is rough. It's Rice. It's Texas. It's yeah. at A and It's at Old Miss. It's at LSU. It's at Alabama. Yeah. Like they it's go murderous. Right. They go all over the map, and they got to replace Felipe Franks and
3: yep. like they got the two people on offense that you were like, okay, like we got to figure this out. Felipe had a good year last year. Raheem Boyd's obviously been playing really well for the last two years. You got to replace two of the, your biggest names in the whole program, in all honesty. And so Sam Pittman's gonna have a lot of things, you know. Trying to figure out something, so it's what way to deal with the offense. I don't know. It's, it's kind it's, of crazy how
1: much they did for him last year, and they they were only what four and six, five. They were three and, and seven,
0: there? and they should have arguably been five and seven because they lost to LSU yeah, by a three.
1: Taken, but that's what I'm saying. They played and they produced that much for them, and that's what they got for a result.
3: Yeah, if they can get up to six wins, I think that's a win for Arkansas. And oh Sanford. God, yeah, yeah. I, I there's definitely winnable games all over here. Like you can you can truly I think they could win. They'll beat Rice, Texas. They could beat Texas when Texas comes to town. Like there's a chance that they do. I don't know, you know. But Luke McCaffrey
1: quarterback at Rice, uh, marks.
0: Good luck, oh, yeah. Charlie. I best of luck to the kid. I I kind of lose track of those guys. Obviously, Wandell I think hurt more than Luke did just because Luke was like a piece of the puzzle. Um, but Wandell was such a big piece that I didn't even focus upon where Luke went. I think he'll do good things there within that conference because he's a shiny turd in a pile of shit. Um, but you also have team. When he goes matches up there week one, I think he'll be the shining star of Rice, but they still get beat by Arkansas. So.
4: What are you doing picking Rice? Like, that just <laughs> does not sound like a school for a kid that wants to go be a quarterback at. like –
3: what? And going back to you know Arkansas, they have Kendall Bryles as their offensive coordinator, so they got a name there, and they have the ability. There, it sounds to me from what I've been reading and things like that, and doing things on you know reading their blogs through um, their beat writers or whatnot, they want to have more of a dual threat quarterback with the ability to do more things and spread the field, and not be the Arkansas of old, where it was ground and pound pro style single backfields, where you think of Darren McFadden and all these guys. So maybe. You know, a year into that where you get an offseason to stamp hit in, you get a whole offseason to break it into quarterback, thank goodness. Because if you'd imagine last year without Felipe Franks, it might have you know, we might even with three like wins, the board game
1: without him and he got on
3: Yeah. I mean, yeah. But six wins would be a win for them, truly. And it's not gonna be easy to get to six wins, but six wins would be a big win for that program.
0: I think a big part part of Felipe Frank's last year and his success that he had when he did was the ability to scramble, and I'm not sure how this redshirt freshman, K.J. Jefferson, will scramble. How He's 6'2", 225, so I don't see him as an elusive quarterback.
1: I actually did catch myself watching the Arkansas spring game one night. It was a rerun on SEC Network, and the guy can kind of move. I see the transition. That's, that's a
0: big dude moving.
1: They're, they're trying to make this transition with a dual-threat guy, and he, he kind of has it. I see what they're
3: trying to do there. And it doesn't necessarily need to be the spread them out option attack of like lore that a lot of people are going to. It can be a running threat and more of a like, like a Malik Willis sense yeah. or a, a Sam Ellinger sense where like. It itself out of trials are, trials. Your, Yeah, exactly. Or I think a good one too would be, you know, Penn state kind of goes more to like the spread them out speedy quarterback thing, but like Penn state kind of runs that style too, where they have designed quarterback runs or things like that, where they try to power the ball with their quarterback. So like that's an option. I think, that could be something they go to, but we're going to have to just see how it plays out because in all honesty, you know, Arkansas could, with that tough of a schedule, could be back around three wins or they could be up to six.
0: Yep. Interesting team to follow. Okay, conference predictions in general for the SEC. Who wins it? Like it. conference title. I actually save that. I, I want you to save was, that because I we got, have our point game. Yeah, but I think,
1: offensive player of the years. I got yeah,
0: offense, theory. defensive player of the years, and coach of the year. I don't want to go first
1: here. All right, okay. Um, mine's a toss-up. I think that I'm leaning more one side other than the other. I'm going to go JT Daniels, um, but Isaiah Spiller is definitely somebody to look at. I think Bryce Young, obviously, yeah. if they have a good year, he could get it too, but I think that's kind of basic. But I think JT Daniels is kind of yeah. your guy. I think that they're going to kind of run through the East, like I said, and I think that they are going to make a huge run at the college football playoff. It's just a matter – if they can win that Clemson game – it is all for Georgia. It's all in Georgia's hands. And I think JT Daniels will win off its player of the year.
0: I'm on the JT Daniels train as well. Put me down.
3: Okay. I like, I like those picks, but for the sake of this, I'm going to go Isaiah Spiller, Texas A&M, running back. The running back, y'all. What
0: the hell is, was that?
4: Can, is me, you remember, can, can we me? cut that out? <laughs> no. <laughs> can we I cut, cut that out? You, know what you mean remember the Titans? I do, but you, that was awful. <laughs> How many yards you figure? It out for this year? He goes,
3: I know. I figured about a thousand. He goes, You don't remember that part? No, I remember, remember.
4: that. I, it's a great movie, Jordan, but I mean.
3: Obviously, you don't remember it if you did The delivery it. of that line was just not that good. That's what he goes. He goes, Be running back, y'all. <laughs> like, that's what he does. In
0: the movie. Failed it. I knew what Jeez, you were talking about, but I was just trying to fill the silence afterward. But okay, that's your pick. Yep, Isaiah Spiller. Okay, do we are we do we want to say our defensive player of the year that we all think is going to happen? Is it going to be Darren Stingley? Because that's that'll be my Darren Stingley. That'll be my choice.
1: It's a basic pick, but that is that is mine as
3: well. Um, yeah, that's that's really what.
1: Well, I Will Anderson Jr., Alabama
3: linebacker Jordan Davis.
0: Do you actually yeah, would, believe that, or are you just trying to be different?
1: Jordan, there? Jordan Davis was my guy too. I like Jordan Davis as well.
0: Okay, I, just,
3: I, I like linebackers in that spot because they can if they can lead. The league in tackles if they can you know have a forced fumble or fumble recovery like a couple stacks that helps out a ton. So if DBs don't get their picks because people aren't throwing their way, linebackers are always there.
0: Oh, okay, while we're on the SEC, I forgot to mention this really quick. I like La Tech to beat Mississippi State week one. Okay, mm-hmm. put that in there. Um, mm-hmm. oh, coach of the year, who do you think takes oh, coach, coach of the year in the SEC? Uh
1: I don't want to go Kirby Smart, although I think, obviously, if they have the season they should have, it would be pretty obvious. Um, man, I think that if mm. Ole Miss has a decent year and they win eight or nine games, you could put Lane Kiffin as SEC Coach of the Year. I was going to say, give me him or Jimbo.
0: I'll, get, I'll take that, Jimbo.
1: That's my, that's my second pick is Jimbo. But Lane Kiffin's is definitely a dark horse to win the Coach of the Year at the, in the SEC depending yeah. on how the voters are feeling.
4: That's also like if, if Ole Miss can get the wins, like Matt Corral could be enough because like be an offensive player. the year. like, if he that's, gets the wins, like, like JT Daniels probably will get it because of the wins. But if Ole Miss can find a way to get the wins, he could be up there as one of those guys too. Very true. If Arkansas gets
3: to six and has like a little noisy year, Sam Pittman, watch out for them. If they're going to play the, the morale card, like just like, you know, the happy go lucky voters, things like that. Um, I like someone as well just because I like it. Or not someone. Oh, my God. I'm all over the place. I like Fisher, too, at A&M. My 2025
0: pick for the SEC Coach of the Year is Lincoln Riley. I'll throw that in there right now. Um, Okay. That wraps up the SEC. Obviously, we touched on a lot. Now is the time you've been waiting for to go back to our conference title point game. Our picks were established last week. Should we add Reese in the running this week? He wasn't in the last week, but should we make him?
4: I was going to say, I'll give you a stat if you guys are thinking about who to take for your winner. Okay. Uh, stats, Reese, we've got a stat, so last, The last three champions for the SEC averaged over 500 yards in total offense at over 45 points a game. So whoever's going to score the most points is going to win the conference. That's usually how Our games last, go. Where I'm, I'm just saying. like, like even, But, like, the even their, their defensive points for games wasn't the – best in the conference you score more points than the other team i know i'm just
0: i'm just saying it's a good way to win have the
4: highest offense
0: that's a great way to win okay to run down we'll, we'll go over the rules again the rules again are there's teams that we made this up Schaefer, i'll give you credit Schaefer made this whole thing up they go down and obviously conference ranking order and then you get specific points for that specific team to win the conference title not the regular season, the conference title game. So, for example, Alabama would be worth one point because they're the favorite to win it. Then you have Georgia at two. What, Shaver?
1: I was going to say, looking at this point system, I don't like this point system that I made while back. Oh, you want to change it? I think a and should definitely be two with Georgia. I would definitely get Kentucky up at four points. I don't know why I have them at five. Um, I think LSU could easily be at three points to Florida.
0: I, th- I say we leave it and we go on how it is now. This could be a chance to take points if you really believe it. That's fine. I think, I think, I think the, the top two points get taken. So it, give, it gives us chances like, for people who maybe picked a seven-pointer last week with Pitt. Okay, so going back down the list, Alabama's worth one point because they're the favorite. Georgia, two. Florida and A&M are worth three. Old Miss Missouri, Auburn and LSU is worth 4, Kentucky and Arkansas is worth 5 points, Tennessee, South Carolina, Mississippi State are worth 6 and Vanderbilt rounds out the SEC and they are worth 7, 45 points. Yes, the obvious goal, the obvious goal here is to have the highest point total at the end of the season, pick the most conference winners right. So, let's do our random number generator, let me get it up and running. Get your thoughts flowing of who you want to take in the SEC conference title point game. Um, I like it how it's listed. Do you guys actually want to change it or no?
3: I would just say I think AM should be two points as well. I, I, That's what I was going to say, JP. I think one. AM should only.
0: Okay, we'll move AM. That's fine. AM goes to two with Georgia, which leaves Florida lonesome at three. So a random number generator. All right, Reese, are you in this now or are you just, just doing stats?
4: Up to you, fellas. I'll let okay.
0: him. You want to give him last pick? Sure. Okay. Last pick, pick goes three. to Reese. Um, one through three on the board. I'll let Schaefer pick his number first. And he's picking two again. I'll take three this time. And then JP can have one. So here we go. Random number generator. Google high tech. This is a fully pretty. Oh, it's three. That's what a so Dude, three. Every time. Okay. I love being able to take that. Um, I will take. Ooh. I'll take Georgia at two. And I don't think, I think that's a bit of a safe pick. There's a part of me that wanted to take Kentucky, um, but I'll take Georgia worth two points because I actually think I will get those two points. Okay, one and two. JP, what do you want? I'll just stay with our numbers. You want to stay with one? Okay, one versus two. Schaefer and JP generating. You guys see where that is? I can see it. I can two see. two. So, Schaefer, you have the next pick.
1: I'm gonna give you A and M, JP. Um, I don't want to pick Alabama. I really don't. No.
3: You don't have to. Nobody's forcing you.
0: I took uh,
1: Pitt. Give me, give me, give me LSU at four points.
0: Ooh! Yep. Wow! Maybe I like.
1: Go, go, Tigers!
3: I, I. Uh, awesome.
1: Schaefer's drinking
0: the LSU juice with the AP. Need to get
3: back on track. Oh, Gig get- them. Ed's got Oh, got – got to get him back.
0: But, okay, that leaves JP with Texas A&M at three yeah. points. He sees extreme value there. So, Texas A&M is off the board. Reese.
3: Once a week what when want? I'm feeling real frisky about college football, and just ready to have it. I'll send Schaefer to Warham from Texas A&M. So it's amazing. electric. It's just – The worst thing in It's so awesome.
0: Okay, that leaves Reese. What do you want? Your choices are Alabama – Florida, Ole Miss, Missouri, Auburn, Kentucky, Arkansas, Tennessee, South Carolina, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt.
4: Give me Ole Miss.
0: Ooh. Okay. Hey, he's got to make up points somehow.
4: I'm not taking the easy pick.
0: I I love that. I'm
4: not, not taking it. it was only worth one point, who gives a shit?
0: No chalk there. No chalk to the SEC. We are, we are not on the Alabama movie. train.
4: We're doubling down at the roulette table. I love that. I'm a big uh, fan probably. of
0: that. I'm a big fan of that move. So, I like Georgia – um JP takes AM, Schaefer takes LSU and Ole Miss gets picked to win the SEC so that is a shock but we're trying to get points here people that wraps up the SEC for good now obviously it's going to be a conference to watch um, a lot of talks going on with that conference all the time they're going to be in the conference ball playoff some way somehow the NCAA loves them and we love watching them okay let's jump to the only conference left we got to lead it off with Schaefer I feel like the homer Can you give me a drum roll the 12 yeah The big 12, obviously the favorite to win the big 12 this year is Oklahoma. And then followed by Iowa state for the first time in a long time. They're the highest rated Iowa state football team in the history of the school. So it's an exciting year for Iowa state fans. And uh, we could be watching the fall of the big 12 as well. So where do we land on the big 12? What teams do we need to watch out for and what's the conference outlook for this season?
3: Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, like JP said earlier, I'm going to try to take it all in this year, and I'm not going to try to be bitter. Um, I know I've said this before. I'm, I, I'm a huge Iowa State fan, but I'm almost just as big of a Big 12 fan as I am as an Iowa State fan. So this is, this is going to be a surreal kind of experience this last year, but I think it's going to be a fun one um, from top to bottom. Obviously, it starts with Iowa State and Oklahoma, uh, particularly I think Oklahoma. You've heard me talk very highly of this Oklahoma team before, Um, When you have a Heisman contender and Spencer Rattler and you have this returning defense that absolutely dominated last year, I think that this is a team that definitely could beat Alabama or Clemson or Georgia this year. I don't think this is your typical year where Oklahoma gets trounced in the college football playoff. I think they're there. I think they're a top three team. I think they're there to stay. However, it's just a matter of can they survive the regular season? So it's Iowa State and Oklahoma, and then it's the rest of the pack. You know, West Virginia, um, TCU – Oklahoma State, and obviously the, the team I don't like to talk about. And Parks doesn't like to talk about either, uh, University of Texas.
0: Fuck that uh, team.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Those four teams are going to kind of beat each other up throughout this season, and it's just a matter of who's going to make it to the top. And can those four teams upset Iowa State or Oklahoma? Very much think that they could. I think that um, when you're looking at West Virginia, they've re- uh, returned their leading rusher in Letty Brown. I think that Neil Brown is one of the most underrated coaches in the Big 12. They return Jared Deggie. Can he be consistent enough to lead this West Virginia team? I think if they get the consistency out of him that they want, West Virginia is a team to look out for. Um, But they also got to replace Darius Stills and four other um, big seniors on that team. Looking at TCU, you got the dark horse of my conference. I think that Max Duggan is an absolute stud, not only because he's an Iowa boy, but because this dude is legit. I mean, the guy has got – he's a dual-threat quarterback, as good as they come. Uh, he can beat you with his legs probably better than his arms. Just need to stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just need <a> stop. <laughs> Get on your horse, 67. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, they uh, so then they return their two leading running backs who got multiple touches last year. And then they add a Memphis transfer to help that offensive line. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Oklahoma State, J.P.'s – uh de facto team they return my favorite i'm not gonna i shouldn't have said that that's kind of that leads it my favorite uh (laughs) defensive player of the year and malcolm rodriguez the guy's an absolute stud um that linebacker for them they're returning their entire secondary and they only gave up 23 points
3: a game it's really up to spencer's very it's a very good defense like and honestly like there's like three or four defenses in the Big 12 last year, you're like, damn, that defense is solid. It was, it was
1: the leading defense in the in the nation or in the country. Yeah,
3: it was like a the meteor hit the earth and nobody knew what to do. So Big 12 started playing defense.
1: I think you're going to see that again this year. To be completely I, well, I don't think you're going to get that. Uh, you know,
3: he's going to have a solid defense again. I think they have like a legitimate chance to be solid. Gary Patterson always does well with them. Um, but you are talking about TCU, like Tave Barber, or Darius Davis, like two primary receivers for Duggan that are going to be absolutely dangerous. They're always speedy. You know, they do have pieces. Um, the Nebraska transfer that was there last year. Um, oh, goodness. Yeah, what? Losing his name. Yeah, Parks was his name. I'm, oh,
0: sorry, I lost track of what you are saying. Who? Uh, Not who, but like what? Oh, uh, you're, talking about, you're talking about J.D. Spielman.
3: Yeah, J.D. Spielman. Like, they have so much speed. I just think Max Duggan fits that perfectly. They are a dark horse. They usually – But I don't think at the same time they're a dark horse, but they're not going to get anybody sleeping. Like nobody's going to be sleeping when they go and play Gary Patterson.
1: Yeah, but nobody. what I mean is like nobody's going to see them. Nobody's predicting them to make a
3: run at the Big 12. No, well, because the average fan or the average person is just looking at Oklahoma. And then they're like, in all honesty, like the person we were talking about, the average fan or like the fair weather fan or whatever you want to call them, did it was probably like, oh, Iowa State's good. What what's going on? Yeah. Oklahoma. No, you, know, that, you, know, you know what I mean? And so that's why CCU'd be sneaky. Um, Oklahoma State, they gotta figure something out. It's Spencer Sanders' turn to shine or like fall. Because yep. it's you I could see him getting replaced if they're not having the year they need on, on offense and the production that they need to have in order to stay in games and not leave everything out to their defense. Because we all have been with watch teams, um, whether it's been our team or another team, where The offense is so bad that the defense suffers because of it. They can be as good as they need to be. I've seen this with Iowa multiple times. I'm thinking 2019, I'm looking straight at you in the face and the Nate Stanley had there. The defense can be as good as it wants to, but the offense can't produce. The defense gets worse. Yep. So I
1: think he's been fortunate enough to have absolute studs and stoner and Wallace and Hubbard. He's he's got to do it on his own now. They go to Morgantown, Ames, and Austin. Yep. (laughs) That's
3: tough. Yeah, like the only place you don't go is in it, Norman. It's Bedlam, but it's Bedlam, so it doesn't even matter. If you're on the ball. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's interesting. That's just something you got to pay attention to with that. Um, I do like West Virginia. I think West Virginia is always a team to pay attention to in the Big Twelve. In all honesty, nobody really talks about it much until it's time to play West Virginia, though. Like,
0: I think it, Letty Brown's going to have a big year. I think am on. I'm. I'm with West Virginia as well. Make this yeah.
1: a go card no, no, no. Iowa State's first loss could definitely be at West Virginia. I think a lot of people's
3: first losses could be there. Like they could, they it, they have Maryland to start, and Maryland, remember how hot Maryland was last, or first two weeks last year? It's strange. Year. Yeah, something like that. Um, they get Oklahoma and Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech at home, and then they play at Oklahoma. They could put a scare into Oklahoma after beating Virginia Tech. So, like there's, they have pieces. They have Oklahoma State, Iowa State, and Texas all at home. Like Morgantown could be bumping. you could be seeing Central Roads to some big upsets. That's one of the tougher places to play in the conference if you had to make one. It's underrated, I think. It, it,
1: oh, oh, it's underrated in college football, absolutely.
0: I would say, home. I would say most of my feelings of the Big Twelve come off of gut, just gut feelings. Um And kind of a hope, just because I, I still am a Nebraska fan at heart, and I hate Oklahoma. I will never cheer for them. Yes, they're going to be a top team in the country this year. But here's my prediction. Just off a of gut feeling, I think Spencer Rattler gets hurt at some point in the year. And I think Iowa State wins the Big 12. I think they're deeper. I think they have Purdy and Hall. So I think Iowa State ends up winning the Big 12 this year. And I hope for it, mm-hmm. just because, one, Jake's my friend. So you're welcome. Thanks, bro. Um, you're welcome. You're welcome is just all I need to hear. Um, I nice. Oklahoma, I was going to say – Oklahoma's deeper. Like, oh, absolutely.
1: But, I mean – Top weapon-wise?
3: No. I, was just, yeah. okay, I don't – Yes, they there's are.
1: There's not a Everything single – Okay, but you got to think about deep depth. I don't want to make this a whole – We didn't lose – We lost one starter last year.
3: Yeah. I mean no, you didn't lose anything. They also – lost a little bit, but got, like, the biggest name transfers. I think
1: in yeah, Eric Gray – okay, I agree. Gray and Kennedy Brooks are huge – are huge. Players. Eric Gray yeah. was a
3: five-star, the best running back in the
0: country coming out of high
1: school. Nobody I, talks
0: about I that did,
1: I get that. He's great. But we, we have the best running back in the country now. Like, who cares about high school?
0: And I will argue the oh, other side. I think – I think Iowa State – Iowa State has the sack leader in the Big 12 from last year back. They have the tackle for loss leader between the two teams. They oh, have wow. – the tackles American per linebacker. game in general, like there are t- players coming back on Iowa State's defense that I think that they have a better season. Like they don't, they avoid that loss. So yeah, just in general, I think Iowa State wins the Big Twelve. That'd be my pick. Um, I hope Texas has an awful year. I'm not going to touch on them more than that. Um, I think they lose a couple of games that they they should win, and they're going to be favorites in. So those will be great to bet on um recent the horn frogs so I think I think yeah I think TCU beats Texas again I will say that
1: I'm just interested to see if Texas's weapons are as legit as they're supposed to be you know obviously every year we seem to hype up all their weapons B. John Robinson however is a guy that is being way overhyped for how good he could be this season he's a Heisman kind of guy for Texas, for a lot of people that claim it, I think he's a great player. I think and especially in those last two games, he rushed for over like 400 yards and absolutely took over the bowl game. But, I mean, you're going up against a Colorado defense. I'm not going to really lose We're sleep over it. 8. 8.2 yards a carry. I mean, I get it. A, a carry. <laughs> okay, but, the, I, but those in his last three games or something? It's not like – No, the whole year. Okay. I just don't
3: – I don't know. I don't. You don't just do that by being a fluke. <laughs>
1: okay, but it didn't result to much more. I just don't see a scenario where he's going to obviously not get eight yards of carry this year. He's not going to be as dominant. They added Kelean Robinson that, out of Alabama to provide. Yeah, they got more depth in their running back field. That's a little scary. Mm-hmm. And then Casey Thompson, who is a guy who's battling Hudson Hudson Card. However, I think Thompson's going to get the uh, start just because of last year replacing Ellinger in that bowl game. and he looks- yeah, The bowl
3: game did so much to him even though it, it was – That's, what, that's, what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, it was – when he came in, it was pointless to all the points they were putting up and just pounded Colorado, those poor souls. <laughs> it was that's just the, like- but that's
1: the thing, man. They got these he's got these weapons and it's the same fucking thing and they dominate the bowl game because that's what Tom Herman did and we get all sucked in. For another Texas season, and then it just doesn't pan out. I don't
3: know. I'm just you have they like for the five offensive linemen back. You have your star running back. Yep. You have a guy coming in that has a full off season to put in his scheme and his things around the quarterback that is only basically only needs to learn his. They haven't been there long enough to like dive into the Herman offense. So they're not like erasing everything from their mind. They're going back in with an open mind. And if the schematically you're going to find out pretty quick. And we've seen this at other places with Sark. Um, If schematically at Alabama, if that helped Mac Jones as much as it did, or if Mac Jones was that good, or if his weapons were just that damn good to get open like that at all times. Like there were times you saw Mac Jones make some throws like, wow, that's an NFL throw. There are also times you're like, wow, I can't imagine if you missed him, like what would happen right now? Like, so it's just kind of one of those things. So maybe Thompson is the answer and maybe it's this, like the Circassian Sar- Sarkeesian scheme is going to go to what fits him. They're I'm not. not sure
1: he, I'm not sure if he's the best Thompson in the conference. Just going out uh, all in there he may not be. <laughs> <laughs> That's another team to look out for. This this
3: like three through seven. I, don't know about that. I like Kleinman, but I don't know if I like them that much. It, as
1: long as he's got Thompson under center, they could beat anybody. And yeah, I, I, I just, agree. I, I hate them agree. as much as I hate them as much as anybody. But when he's oh, in for them – when he's playing for him, he's dangerous to beat almost anybody.
3: I think Iowa should play Kansas State as well I'll through that one. Anyway. That would
1: be – yeah, that would be interesting. Two teams I absolutely hate with a passion yeah. and just bore the
0: shit out of me. Yeah. That would be great. <laughs> okay. You got to – we got to jump to j- just pounding Schaefer with questions because obviously you have all this Iowa State hype surrounding a season. They're the best spot they've ever been in. They have all the talent back that they need. They got their big names back. However – how do you feel about Iowa State in the defensive backfield? Free safety. I. Yeah. Feel that's where they're, they I lie.
1: Aishem Young, I, I, I'm going to be completely honest. Aishem Young reminds me a lot of Bob Sanders at the University of Iowa. And I hate to admit that, but also I love to because he was a forever Colt. You hate
4: Bob Sanders. Hey, Bobby own. Sanders was fucking good.
1: That's what I just said. He was a Colt, so I hate him and I love him. Okay, relax. I was getting there. <laughs> um, but <laughs> it's if they're faster. Jordan. He, play, he plays He plays like Bob Sanders. Uh, Greg Eisworth is a guy on the other side of the field at safety that's almost just as aggressive. He's a fifth-year guy. He's an all-conference kind of guy. Our secondary is as good as it's ever been, and usually I, Iowa think, la- I think Iowa State lacks secondary normally. That's usually mm. the weakness of our defense, if anything. So that's really um, pleasant to my eyes, and I'm, really, I'm not really worried about the defensive – Back. I'm really not worried about
3: I wouldn't be any wouldn't position be. on the field. I just – I don't think anybody in the state of Iowa should be worried about the defensive backfield. Iowa's got a solid one too, not to throw the Hawks into this, but like both teams are usually looking at like defensive backfields who are bent but don't break guys. that keep people in front of them with like a harder hitting safeties. Like you think of Kerner or you think of Bob Sanders or you think all these guys that have played. King. Um, Tyler Sash, like all these guys. And so I think – they could have the best DB core in the Big 12. I think they have a better DB core where it comes to depth than they do a linebacking core, even though their linebacking core is still solid as hell. Um, The defensive line is going to be – I mean, solid again. They have solid pieces. It's just star power. They need star power.
1: And I think think you get that with Mike Rose, and I think you get that with Will McDonald. And for people who don't know about Will McDonald, he was kind of a – He was a second-string guy, but he played a lot of downs. Um, He backed up our Jaquan Bailey, who graduated last year. But Will McDonald, if you pay attention to the mock drafts in the NFL, he's a top 25, top 20 guy um, because he absolutely is a tear um, in the pass rush, and he's getting a lot better in his his run game. And then we have Any Azarike on the other side. He's another fifth-year senior. We have a lot of uh, super seniors on this football team. Um, it's going to be different because you, you're you not going to ever see that again in college football. We're never going to get guys who had great senior years, and then they're like, oh, yeah, you can come back for another year to run it back. So this is going to be the first and only time this has ever happened, and thankfully Iowa State gets to be the
3: beneficiary of that. Yeah. I mean, I think they take them as far as Brock Purdy wants to take them. Absolutely. And what is amazing to me, and I've never really understood this, is this absolute love and build-up of Brock Purdy, but he's also had, like, some torrential lows. Like, he's been a liability. Okay. Times a do, you, do you know of the quarterbacks that came before him, Jordan?
1: Yes, but I'm... quarterbacks
4: be, that are turned linebacker.
3: <laughs> <laughs> like, this team and this program wants to be talked to as elite. Like, it has elite talent. Everywhere. Well Welcome to having a quarterback he, that gets picked apart. Like it just they ha- he hasn't been like when he's bad he's bad but he's okay. never like
1: you take away good. that Baylor game last year he has taken some
3: absolute strides in his game and yeah he's back, forward, but he still has been an issue. But I think the that's report, is he takes him as far as they want to go like because he's it like yeah, he can
1: I think them. that's and that's what they've been saying is that the crazy thing about Brock is that his ceiling is still up there. Like he hasn't even touched the surface of what his potential could be. Will he ever be there, get there? I don't know. I hope so. I, mean, I think I if know. he can reach it, I think the sky's the limit for the team. But like, I agree with your statement. I think he's just, as far as we take him, I think that we just don't know what, how good he really could be.
3: Yeah. I mean, they honestly, they don't even, they play you and I, who's going to have a down year. They play Iowa, which is like a top 25 matchup. They always play each other tough. They both have really good defenses. That game's going to be come down to Iowa State's defense, Iowa's offense. Then they play UNLV, Baylor, Kansas. And then Kansas State's the first one you kind of scratch your head onto me. And then here, here's the three little, if you want to call it three-headed monster, the Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Texas. Those three in a row will tell you a lot and yep. let you know if that Oklahoma game really even matters. Thankfully, we, go- we can get
1: Oklahoma State at home and Texas yeah. at home, and we're on the road at West Virginia. That's the scenario I would want, though.
3: But if you if you go – One loss through those three. Like, let's say you have one Big 12 loss through the Kansas State, Oklahoma State, West Virginia – or the – excuse me, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Texas. One through there, and then you go down to Norman. And then if you win that game, obviously you're fine. But if you lose that game, you got to play TCU the next week too. Like, you could really solidify yourself out of it. I don't see – I don't see, Mac. the TCU game, that's a tough spot. But
1: like you said, and which I think will probably happen – Coming off a tough Oklahoma loss, I think it's going to be a close game. I think we're going to lose it in a gut-wrenching Iowa State fashion. We usually come out and respond to those next games. We respond to those next games very well. You so might not, really need
3: that game. What's that? Like that might be that – you're really going to need that game. Like It could be the difference between a Big 12 title spot and not.
1: I, yeah, I agree. I think I would feel very comfortable with where our season's heading if we have only one loss going into Oklahoma. I can't, we can't have two losses going into Oklahoma. We just, we just can't afford to. I don't know who it would be to. I I mean, there are, there are teams out there I would prefer over the other. Um, But I don't think we can go into Oklahoma with two losses
3: on our hands. Okay. I'd ask me the same question. Would you take an Iowa loss if it meant that you won those three big twelve games? Because if I if you were to ask me what I think the Iowa State lost and then win those big ten games to get to the big ten title game, would you? That's a tough question. And I think given our
1: history, I'm just it depended. Like if, if Iowa State had won two of the last five or three of the last five, I probably I'm just I can't I can't go for six in a row personally. <laughs> Here, let me give you a stat the other day. Not that we? bad. So anybody who wants to know my boring, nerdy Friday night, um, got caught with a few beers um, and got caught browsing YouTube a little bit and went to watch some old Iowa State games. Um, Went to watch my favorite, arguably my favorite Iowa State game of all time. It's the 24-7 comeback in 2002 against Iowa when Iowa went on to have their only loss that season and go to the Orange Bowl play USC. Anyways, that game, J.P., has a lot of history repeating itself. Ferentz and Campbell have a lot of same things going on for them. Campbell or Ferentz came in and lost well four in a row, just like Campbell did. And there were times where, in that 2002 game, for example, he had the better team, but he couldn't get over the hump. But when he did, how many has Ferentz rattled off since then? He absolutely has dominated. I'm saying, I'm saying, there's a lot of repeating history that reminds me of Campbell. Into Ferrance's scenario. And if Campbell can get it done this year, I think the history to come, if he sticks around, is in Matt Campbell's favor. And I think he coaches a lot very similarly like Kirk Ferentz. I think Campbell could stick around for 20 years, and you'll hear me in 15 years, like any other Iowa fan, bitching about Ference. But I mean, he gets
3: consistent eight, right. nine seasons every year. A, I don't bitch about Ference. A, a lot of people B, do. I'm not saying you. But B, Saying that they coach similar is a little different because one's an intense fireball and the other one's a cool, calm, collected human at all times.
1: like I'm saying offensive, offensive styles. I think defensively
3: too. I think Iowa State. Iowa State. Iowa State's a, I, I a lot more attacking than a defense than Iowa is. And that's changed
1: recently. Offensively, they're slower than the Big Twelve use, is used to.
3: Yeah, I'll give you
1: that. And we're relying heavy on the run game, and I don't know. Reminds me a lot of. I hate to say it, but it reminds me a lot of the Hawks.
0: Shaver, is it safe to say this is the most excited you've been for Iowa State as a program ever?
1: I mean, I would be lying if I said it wasn't. I mean, how can't how can't you? I mean, this is – Iowa State on DraftKings right now is sixth best odds to win the national championship. I, I am – every year I am the most optimistic Iowa State fan as can be, no matter even the bad years. But if you would have told me that two, three years ago, that that's a thing, nobody could say <laughs> that they saw that coming. I yeah, knew that Campbell was bound for success, but to this extent, it, I don't know. It, it, it makes me very nervous because I know the potential that this team could be, and so I just don't want to let down. But at the same time, and I'm an Iowa State fan, and I've seen it all, so a let down wouldn't surprise me.
0: Okay. Well, touched on the –
4: One important Good. question for Schaefer.
0: Okay. I'm here for did all they, the questions. Did they get problems. a
4: guy that can finally kick the damn ball and get a touchback in that fucking pooch kick? Pooch yeah. kickoff. Yep. Kick we got a uh, five-star kicker. Um, for those who don't know, the kickers
1: have their own recruiting uh, rankings. So, like, just because he's a five-star kicker doesn't mean he's actually, like, a five-star recruit. They have their own <laughs> rankings. So, we got a five-star guy. Apparently, he's got a leg. So, uh, the kicking game apparently is very strong this year. We've got that two or three guys. That was the most
4: in. frustrating thing to watch betting on Iowa State is every time he would score, you would give him the ball right back on the 35- or 40-yard line.
1: And the funny thing is is Campbell prides that shit more than anything. He prides himself on special teams, and as bad as our special teams has been, you can tell it's improving, but I, I think the special teams will be a nice surprise this year. And I think it could be a uh, pillament to our, our success,
3: honestly.
0: Okay. Closing question to all. Kansas over a half a game or no?
1: Don't they – who they play first? Oh, they play USD first game Or for those who don't live then in the Then they Midwest. go to they Coastal. Play South, they play South Dakota first game of the year for those. Yep. I think they beat
3: South Dakota. They could. They could also lose. They could, to, <laughs> they could very much
0: also lose. They play South Dakota on a Friday. Then they play at Coastal on a Friday. Yeah, that's they play awesome. Baylor at home, and then they go to Duke, and then they play Iowa State, yeah. Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. That
1: Duke game, that Duke game might be one- a toss up. Duke's also terrible. They'll win one game. But Kansas State is.
0: You got first a year frog, head coach uh, from Buffalo, Lance Leipold. You get the chance. Hey, you could. That
1: Duke Kansas game is going to be like my Akron Bowling Green last year. Oh, I am going to be all in on that shit can of a game. That's going to be my that. favorite game of the year.
0: That's going to be a lock of the week. Preseason lock of the week is was that
1: a lock of the week to me?
0: Yes, (laughs) yes, it's yes. The Akron Bowling Green game was. You said the toilet bowl was your Arizona lock of the week. That's great. I love that. Yes. Okay, so that's a potential lock of the week coming. Okay, who wins Conference Player of the Year, offensively, defensively, and who wins Coach of the Year?
1: I'm saying you 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 can
3: go first. I picked last time. Um, I can tell you it's not Spencer Rattler. Wow. Um, you know I, think? I think if
0: oh, well he's gonna get hurt, so it's probably a good call.
1: <laughs> that would that That's would be rattle. that, that uh-huh. would be very
3: vital for his uh, big twelve status. I mean I think it's it's either uh, I just
0: I'll take Brees Hall. I'll make Jordan. this
4: That's what I, was say. I don't, so don't want to I think
1: JP wants to say Brees Hall, but he doesn't want to say Brees Hall. I'll, I'll take Brees Hall. Charlie colar very much so. I think, I think Spencer Rattler. I'm going to be honest. I think Oklahoma has a success that I think they will have, and they're just going to give it to the best player um, on the field in the conference, Spencer okay. Rattler. Easy. Dugan I think, Dark very, I think either one, whoever wins the Oklahoma State, Oklahoma-Iowa State game will win Big 12 Player of the Year, either Brees Hall or Spencer Rattler, but I think Spencer Rattler.
0: Okay. Uh, defensive Player of the Year, I'll go Kahari Coleman from TCU if they have the year that we think they could potentially have.
1: I gave my pick earlier, so I'm not going to go in depth on it. I think Malcolm Rodriguez probably will if Oklahoma State's as successful as they potentially can be. However, um, um, Big 12
3: preseason player of the year, Mike Rose from Iowa State, obviously I support that too. I think he very much could be player of the year. I think Will McDonald
0: could be in the mix too.
3: Would love that. Going DB here. Uh, Stick with me on the name. Trevius Hodges Tomlinson. TCU, they always have good DBs down there. I don't know what the deal is down there, but I feel as a lockdown guy, if people throw his way and challenge him enough, he, he has the numbers. If they don't go his way at all, it ain't going to matter. His grid year is going to be go unnumbered. You, okay. saw, that. Yeah. you saw that with um, Desmond King his last year. Nobody threw his way, so he didn't have the numbers, and everybody thought he disappeared. Well, he did. He cut off the whole half of the field. <laughs>
0: All right, that leaves the coach of the year on the table. Who takes the coach of the year in the Big 12?
3: Yeah, it's two horse race. It's it's two horse race. Okay, it it is. In all, I I think Lincoln Riley, because like
1: Campbell's won it the last so many years. I think they're kind of sick of it. Sick of him. Campbell's better as an underdog, and I think they're just gonna give it to Lincoln Riley. Unless Gary can fire up the frogs and
4: Duggan can lead, yeah. I'll throw in the
0: I'll throw Here. in the Lance Leopold if Kansas pulls out three, if they pull out four or five wins.
4: <laughs> they if they would win
1: four or five games, I would. There would be no question in my mind he deserves to win the
4: They get two thousand <laughs> people to show for a game.
1: Coach of the year, National Coach of the Year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to turn around that. Um, okay, that wraps up the Big Twelve. Now it is time for our conference point game. I already explained the rules, so if you didn't listen, go back and listen to them. The points are as follows. Oklahoma is worth one. Iowa State's worth two. Texas and TCU are worth three. Oklahoma State and West Virginia are worth four. Kansas State's by its lonesome at five. Baylor and Texas Tech are worth six. And then you have the Jayhawks at worth seven points. 45.
4: Looking
3: back, I love how I place these points.
0: Yeah, and no, it's, it's right. It's right. I ah oh God. I would argue West Virginia should be even with Texas, but that it's a toss yeah. up. So, okay. We will do our random number generator once again. Are we keeping numbers one through three, or does somebody want to change? I'll let Schaefer pick first. Wow. Even though he knows how this works. Okay. <laughs> okay. Number
4: three, my lord.
1: Okay. okay. I'm bound to win. Is that two? Did it actually get two?
0: No, I haven't generated it yet. Yeah, that's from the last one. Oh. oh. Okay. It's like- one.
3: <laughs> Who is that? That's you. Oh, I thought we were repicking picking Doesn't matter. I'll take it. Um,
0: There's no way he's going to do it. Chalk. I'll take the chalk. Uh, there it was. Okay. Who? He took Oklahoma. He took the chalk. Oh, fuck you. I was going to take Boomer. Oklahoma. I'm making you do something stupid. This is strategic because you won't pick your
3: own team, but you also can't take the chalk. So I was going That was my
1: lock. I was gonna take Oklahoma as chalk more than any other conference in the fucking country.
0: Okay, I'll take. Uh, I'll take one. Shaver, you'll stick with two. Yep. Uh, it's one. I clicked oh. it. Oh. Okay. I'll take Iowa State. So I took the pressure off. Hey.
4: Oh. You gotta. Reach. I would say you, you should have took reach. like TCU to make him take Iowa State. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll take Iowa State because I think I'll get the points there. Schaefer, who are you going to take?
1: Is is Reese going to pick last again, or
0: yeah, just okay. because?
1: Um, I'm not picking Texas. That's absolutely not fucking happening. Um, yeah, give me give me
3: TCU. Give me TCU. I like Duggan coming back. Give me
0: TCU. Okay, Reese, who
2: you
4: want? Country Road Mountaineers. Yeah.
3: Oh,
4: I, <laughs> I was going to go with TCU. Take me home. Okay. That's also one of the coolest videos. Reese, Reese the
3: actually, there was a couple conferences last episode. We didn't take the chalk.
0: You should just give those
3: to Reese.
4: Yes, and I believe – Alabama Clemson?
0: No, I do not think – Oh, wait, no. Clemson JP took Ohio was, State in the Big uh, okay. Ten. Clemson was okay. not picked. No,
4: give me, give pick. me Clemson and the Ulu Hula Hula, whatever the hell his name is. We it's DJ
0: that. Small Guitar. Um, okay, that wraps up the conference title point game. Thank you for sh- – to Schaefer for organizing that that wraps up the big 12 and that wraps up all we're going to talk about tonight. Next episode, we will include Cincinnati coastal Louisiana Lafayette teams in the group of five that are worth talking about before we give out our week zero picks. And we also need to talk to you about our good friends at Vigit. Who's talking about Vigit tonight?
1: I I think I got one, guys. Okay. Okay. Tell me about
0: the best app in the world.
1: Guys, if you're like me and sometimes you get caught uh, not betting uh, betting responsibly, like, say, you know, Red Sox money line and lose most of your balance, you think you want to put yourself in a penalty and not bet for a while. However, you get that itch. You get that crave. That's where the Bigot app comes into play. You don't lose your real money. You can bet responsibly using our – Uh, betting league win 393 to join our league get responsible bets in losing absolutely zero money but winning real prizes so
0: join the bigot app i love that and when you first download it use the code it's just money for a thousand free coins we love that app Um, it's big changes are coming they are very near if you haven't seen our tweet join the wait list to get bigot 2.0 downloaded if you do that you have a chance to get 500 dollars towards your betting league Um, that's real money so, you can take away real money. There's great prizes on the app. You can win $25, 50 $100 Amazon gift cards, PS5, 55 inch smart TVs, and t shirts. There's all great the prizes.
4: Yep, all the food, gift cards you want. If you're into that stuff, come take down Kurt. That guy's still working. Yeah, no, come Craig.
0: come down Craig, Craig. Livers. Respect My on bad. his name. My bad. Shout out to Craig. He's placed Six 600,000 bets this month. Yeah, Craig might be a robot. <laughs> he's placed a bet on every single game that's happened from august 1st to august 17th so that's pretty impressive um but wrapping up it was a great episode talking about college football we have a little bit left preview wise however week zero is next week we are less than no we we're not going to be less than by the time you listen to this but we're getting damn near a week away so we're super excited for college football to be back we appreciate you joining us. It's been a lot of fun talking to you about our preview. We're excited to give you some pics, so make sure you jump on all of our social medias at It's Just Money Pod. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. No, horse roads.
2: Almost heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Life is old and